Feeling the witty banter, or should we just intro? Just intro. Yeah, we don't need witty banter. Listeners, you haven't been witty so far. No? Why I... start now? <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. Um, listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. First, we talk about Recently Watched, which we try not to spoil. We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally. Say hello to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon-Rays. And uh, we're not professional critics, we're just your hosts. I'm Richard, I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolien. Good evening. So, guys, since we did this last, uh, Recently Watched... Anything? Um, yeah, I, I got a couple uh, real winners. Oh, let's hear them. I watched something called Alien Dead <gasps> from 1980 starring Buster Crab. Yes. Buster Crab was still alive in 1980? It's his last film. Oh. Well. It's the film that killed him? Yeah. Actually, he was in a film after this, but it was released before Alien Dead, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's... Kind of a remake of uh, Attack of the Giant Leeches, but uh, with zombies. Oh, okay. And people pretending to be Southern. Mm. It's one of those regional films you you love. I do. I do love a regional film, and it was made by people who didn't know what they were doing and mm-hmm. admitted freely they had no clue. You know how we talk about uh, the battery costing yeah. six grand? Yeah. This movie cost twice that, $12,000. It was one-tenth as good as the battery. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I thought it was uh, pretty bad. And then I watched something called <laughs> Winter Beast. Oh, God. Have you seen Winter Beast? I feel like I tried to watch it. Maybe was it a Yeti slash Bigfoot thing? Uh, possibly. Uh, they don't really tell you? It's, uh, it's a lot of claymation. Oh, God. That somebody's nephew did that's... That's pretty damn good if you were in high school. But to put it in a film, it's it falls short, we'll say. Uh, <laughs> uh, this, I'm going to look up images real quick. It, there, there's, a, there's a scene in it oh my that God. you would think, oh my God, this movie is so 1970s. It's, uh, it's fantastic. And then you realize it was made in 1991. Oh my God. <laughs> No, oh, the images, if you do an image search, it's terrible. Yeah, it's it made Alien Dead look like a $12,000 movie. Damn. So they did a Rift Tracks version. Did you watch that? Or? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
was wow. Were they saying the same jokes as you were thinking them? Uh, I watched it turn down so low I couldn't really hear the riff tracks. Okay. Um, and then I fell asleep because it's pretty bad. Actually, I don't think I fell asleep in this one because it was so bad. Is there nudity in this? Uh, yeah, there's at least one topless uh, winter beast shot. Yeah, one <laughs> topless winter beast. Winter Beast doesn't wear pants in the last scene. Okay. And you see the little beast. It's very cold. It, it was quite cold. It was fair. winter. Well, I'm glad they put it on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure that... I'm guessing vinegar syndrome. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> if you only had one guess. Somebody quality like that. They took the time to clean it all up. Oh my god. So uh is it is it really comically bad? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh it makes no sense. Uh Alien Dead had dialogue that was written by people who'd never heard dialogue, but I don't think the people who made Winter Beast had even seen another film before. <laughs> Damn. There's just stuff happens and you just, you roll with it. You're like, I don't know why. There's a man crawling down a rope on a, like a cliff face at some point. I don't know what he is or what his story is, but then a monster, a poorly, poorly claymation, uh, stop motion animated monster pulls him up the rope Mm -hmm. and then eats him, tears him apart. I don't remember. (laughs) But he turns into a real fakey looking little guy. Oh. Uh, and then it just, it moves on. You're like, what was that scene? Didn't go with anything. Well, vinegar syndrome, you're not going to be surprised to know. Really? Oh, All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Wow. What else? Um, I mentioned Invasion of the Animal People, uh, Amityville. You didn't get to any more Animatable sequels. No more, although there's several, oh, there's I loads. understand. Did part four of The Haunted Lamp cure you of wanting to watch more Amityvilles? Uh, it almost cured me of wanting to watch anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I watch, I wonder why. Why did they make this? I'll just poke my eyes why? out, thanks. Why? Why did they make this? Um, I, uh, I watched Jim Cotta. Have you ever seen oh, Jim Cotta? I've seen the previews. I would not bother to watch something like that. How I, bad is I, it? I had seen Jim Cotta uh, probably six, ten years ago. This is a guy who uses his gymnastics as martial arts? Yes. Um, there's a fictional com- country that his dad, who is a CIA agent or something, it's not real clear, disappeared. Um, they have some sort of satellite technology, but in order to get into the country, you have to join some sort of death game. Hmm. Um, doesn't make a lot of sense. They send the CIA agent's son, who is a gymnast, <laughs> but they teach him karate. But, but, uh, but he's like, no, no, listen, you guys. So he does things like he swings around on a bar uh, kicking people for 
way too long and they just keep running into him. Uh huh. And that just keeps happening in this movie. They just stand and take their lumps. Or they keep coming one after another. They just keep coming like one after another and he's on a thing that looks suspiciously like a pommel horse Uh that they've decorated to look like some sort of, I don't know. Thing you'd find in a warehouse or something? Thing in the street, yeah. Because it's some Eastern European country or possibly Middle Eastern. It's not real clear. Hmm. Far Asian? Who knows? But it's called Parmistan, so, you know, they put a lot of effort into making up a real... Parmistan. Real sounding name, you know. Famous for its cheese. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you like some fresh grated Parmistan? So, uh, Why, yes, I would. Yeah, Jim Cotta. So they have, uh, like, uh, newspaper vending machines and uh, park benches that look like pummel horses and... Not even that. No. Quality. No. no they have a thing... In the center of town that looks like a pummel horse, barely disguised. And he whips around on that thing for a good five, six minutes kicking people who run up to him. (laughs) Um, It's pretty stupid. So to avoid getting kicked in the face, you just have to not run up into his kick? Pretty much, yeah. If you had a gun or even just a board that you could stay out of range of his feet as he whips around. It's like the Halloween kills of martial arts movies. Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's, uh... It looked like crap when I saw the previews years and years ago, and so I never watched it. Oh, it's awful. So what I'm hearing is I was right. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, that's it for me, other than, um, this week's movie, which I will apologize for in advance. Okay. For picking, I have to ask if if you're ever put in a situation where you have to make up a fake name, could you please just say it's Jim Cotta? <laughs> Jim Cotta. <laughs> I don't like going by James. Just call me Jim. Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta. <laughs> oh, what a horrible idea for a movie. So that was it. That was it. Jolene, do you want to go next? Oh yeah, I watched some uh, Drake. And it was Easter, oh, nice. Easter weekend, and the, the Jim Carter too. The layout guy had taken the weekend off, so I had a couple of days to uh, spend watching just terrible garbage. Good. <laughs> um, I like it. So uh, I watched uh, uh, another video, Vinegar Syndrome release, which is a <laughs> beautifully restored uh, edition of Doctor Jekyll's Dungeon of Death. Hmm. I'm not familiar with this. It's a ride well, at Disney World. You know what's missing from your average Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie? Martial arts. Oh, well, uh, well okay. yeah. I was going to say bare breast. I was going to say gymnastics, but... <laughs> Topless gymnast. So the uh, grandson, Jekyll, uh, he's he's still experimenting, and, and he's got this uh, house in San Francisco... And uh, he's got this uh, dungeon, and uh, he's he's working on this uh, aggression fluid, mm. um, and uh, so he'll he'll put two people in this dungeon room, give one or both of them this injection, and see what happens when they fight each other, and then you get these local martial arts enthusiasts pummeling each other for a while mm. uh, in several scenes, which take up much of the running time. Mm. You know, it's hard to find a dungeon in San Francisco. 
Mm. Most apartments don't come with one. I heard they do, but it's a different kind of dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, it's really, really, really bad. Wow. It doesn't sound bad. It sounds... It's sound, on paper. <laughs> on paper. Great. Dr. Jekyll, martial arts. What could go wrong? Everything. Yeah. However. So could a, a Mr. Hyde martial artist fight a Dracula Ripper? Possibly. Uh, Drac the Ripper. We, oh, my God. We need to get... We're working on this right now. Uh, yeah, there's not even Mr. Hyde in it. What? He's he's got both sides going at once, so uh, you know there's no need for it. He's he's this terrible person who uh, experiments on people. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take your word for it that it's not good, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> and uh, I finally seen every film on the video nasties list. Now you have the list in. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you very much. I thank know you. that was a thank dream you. of your of your life. I want to, to thank fit. my mother and father for not catching me. Yeah, <laughs> um, they were hot on your trail. Weren't yeah, they? I saw a bunch of them when I was a kid because um, I had to. Oh uh, yeah, and I was also involved in the the local police actions. Um, anyway, uh, so this is my. I've got still got my original notes in it from the eighties. Oh wow. wow! So this is your actual copy from your younger years. Yeah. So I made notes of, I think they refer to where I could find stuff and what kind of movie it was and oh, cool. stuff like that. So anyway, finally seen them all. Not the greatest achievement anyone can boast of, but uh, they are seen. Um, so the last one I saw was Mardi Gras Massacre. Huh. Now that's not the death trap. Um, with Christopher Reeves? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, a lot of these go by different names. Like, there's several uh, just Franco films on here, so they have, like, half a dozen titles. Like, uh, oh, sure. Devil Hunters, Manhunters. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got various Nazi exploitation things, like Beast and He, SS Experiment Camp. Uh, they're, they're pretty much automatically on the list. Uh, Gestapo. Uh, Gestapo's Last Orgy. <laughs> Uh, Love Camp 7, that's like one of the early ones. Um, David Friedman produced that one, and he's also in it. Oh. And uh, because of the success of Love Camp 7, this came out in 68. Wow. Because that one was such a hit on the grindhouse circuit, um, he got to do Ilsa. Oh, okay, She-Wolf of the SS. Yeah, and then they made four of those films. Yeah. Ten Embrace on there. Yeah, yeah, Tenebrae was on and off um, under various titles. That was also known as Unsane. But yeah, Tenebrae, great movie. Yeah. So could you easily point out three or four of these that absolutely don't belong on any kind of censorship list? What, for being too mild? Yeah. Uh, anything mm. there that they just they just didn't like the title or... The yeah, well, I, I, yeah. Evil you, speak. Yeah, there's nothing... Really? Yeah, you need it's to, an awful movie. I yeah. mean, it shouldn't be watched, but... You need to be clear that the uh, campaigners hadn't seen these films. Any of them. And weren't going from any scientific information. They just picked movies they didn't think sounded good. It'd be, uh, it'd be yeah, titles and, and uh, ones that kids talked about. 
Um, yeah, and there's several of these are not horror movies. They're like action movies, like Fight for Your Life is a is a home invasion film. Okay. Um, which if it's it's riddled with uh, racial slurs because it's basically there's these three crooks uh, bust out and they they drive up towards Canada, I think, and and they uh, they get into this house uh, of a black family mm. and hold them all hostage and. Uh, and yeah, the slurs go flying. Um, that's probably the worst thing about that movie. Um, yeah, and there's this forty on there, house by the cemetery. Uh, I spit in your grave is on there. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, um, I'm just flipping through them. There's two Yeti movies or two Bigfoot movies. <laughs> Night of the Bloody Apes. Yeah, Night of the Bloody Apes and Werewolf and the Yeti, which is kind of a Yeti movie, almost. Night of Living Dead is not on the list. No, no, that, that was a. It's got a Zombie Flesh Eaters, which was the UK title of a Zombie, or Zombie right. Two. Uh, so Tenebrae was sometimes known as Absurd, which is also on this list. Oh, so they wouldn't know which one they were seizing. Yeah, Frankenstein, hmm. the Andy Warhol version. Does that just have gay sex in it? Cause they, I, well, it has a. It was in 3D, and there's a gutting where he. Oh, okay. Pokes through someone, and the, the liver comes out in 3D. Oh, okay. I know that there were some <clears throat> of those movies that Warhol was associated with that, if I remember correctly, that had some actual sex scenes in them. Um, I could be. Oh yeah. Uh, I I could be thinking of things other than his. So-called, because he did a Dracula one too, didn't he? Yeah, uh, but yeah, these are Paul Morrissey directed films. Uh, okay. Yeah. Warhol just put his name on it for yeah, publicity's yeah, sake. Yeah, it was part of the Warhol crew. Right. Um, yeah, the oldest film on here is Blood Feast. Oh. 65, I think. Early 60s. Oh, okay. Damn. Damn. Well, so what uh, what was holding you back from completing the list? Was it just... Uh, I just... Well, I didn't want to get around to the Nazi exploitation ones until the very last, because right. I just don't like them. Uh, so, the, the, yeah, the last one that I saw was Love Camp 7. Okay. And uh, and also I wasn't able to find some things like... Uh, so I finally got to see Mardi Gras Massacre. And what did you think of Mardi Gras Massacre? Well, this is uh, this is one of those regional films. So it's shot in New Orleans. Oh yeah. Uh, building in the build up to Mardi Gras, and they have you know they use the parades in it as well. Um, uh, but it's got this. Uh, so there's this guy in this three piece suit in, in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. That's impressive, yeah. right there. <laughs> but anyway, he, he walks into this bar, and uh, there's obviously like uh, this is a place where whores hang out and. Mm-hmm. for pickups and and uh he walks up to the bar uh, these two women at the bar and he goes i understand that you are the most evil woman here and <laughs> what she, a pickup line she says listen honey i could probably take first prize in any evil contest okay mm, yeah all right cool um there's, <laughs> this came out in the late 70s there's lots of disco music um, even the sacrifice scenes have a particular disco number that goes with them. Wow. Uh, the, the lead prostitute character named Sherry, she has a, her own dance scene. Um, yeah, this is like 77 this came out. Hmm. Um, so anyway, this, this guy is, he's, uh, sacrificing to this, uh, sort of, uh, 
Azteca Mayan goddess named Ko'oflaku. Uh, and uh, so every now and then he'll he'll lure a prostitute back to his 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 flat, his apartment, where he's got this sacrificial room done up, and uh, he'll he'll get them tied down to the slab, and then he'll uh, he'll like uh, jab them in the hand, jab them in the foot, and then cut them open in the torso and take out their heart. They obviously had some rubber torso they'd made, and they. They got their mileage out of it because they use exactly <laughs> the same gore shots in every every one of these scenes. Oh my god! You, know, you see a different woman being led in, but then all the gore shots are exactly the same. So, like uh, after the first one, you're like you're just looking at uh, for other details, and you can see the seam down the back of the torso, and oh no, <laughs> the uh, lack of ribs, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, anyway, anyway, um, so it's got those uh, those gory bits in it. Um, it's got really stupid cops in it. Like there's this couple of vice cops are chasing him. Um, they uh, they eventually track him down because he's sent out for Chinese food from his sacrificial lair. And when the guy turns up, he gives him uh, he 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 overtips him so that, so that the delivery guy remembers him. Right. So when the vice cops stumble upon this uh this chinese order place which has a sign outside it saying takey outy oh wow um uh, they, they track him down to, um, to his place but then they lose him uh there's a car chase they lose him again uh, they track him down to the harbor and they lose him again hmm it's not a great advert for new orleans place. no but uh anyway um, I made it through it. <laughs> All right. Congratulations. Uh, was that it for the list? Yes. Okay. That's it. You've seen them all. Wow. Well, I can't compare to Do that. Do you feel, I don't know, more depraved now? Or... Yes. Uh, okay. I, I have, I have uh, murdered and tortured several mm. people. So uh, you're... Are you looking for a dungeon? Yes, in the okay. San Francisco area. It's uh, very expensive. It's super expensive now with all the tech people looking for dungeons right tech dungeons yeah we're you got a dial-up modem yeah, down you there have to, have to do it all by zoom now wow well since last time um i watched hired gun uh which has a longer title uh like uh, out of the shadow and into the spotlight or something like that um this one is about uh, musicians who are hired to uh, play alongside whoever the rock star is or whoever the original band members are. And uh, it's it's pretty interesting. I, I, was, um, I was thinking about this after having watched that episode of Breaking the Band where Kiss broke up mm-hmm. and how they just replaced um, uh, Peter Chris with other drummers who would create new makeup or whatever. And uh, when Ace Freely left, they got Vinnie Vincent who had the... Similar look to Ace, but not exactly. Stripes on the chin, I understand. <laughs> no, onk right out bullseye on the face. Um, which is kind of funny if you know what the symbol of the onk stands for. Um, anyway, uh, so this movie, um, this documentary is about other people who have uh, done similar things, but maybe you don't know about them. Like, you know, Nine Inch Nails is Trent Reznor and some other guys. 
And sometimes those other guys are just paid a weekly sum of money to just play alongside Trent. They're not a, an actual band member. They don't get a percentage of everything. They're just told, dude, you get this much per show or this much per week when we're touring and the rest of the time. Well, good luck. Uh, one of those guys was, um, Oh, Robert Patrick's brother. I'm trying to think of his name, but he had the band filter, but he's like, why do I want to do this? You know, nine inch nails gig playing these, you know, big shows and playing all this great music that I didn't write, but you know, and then he went and formed filter and had a big hit single. <laughs> hey man, nice shot. Yeah. Uh, so it's some stories like that where there's some success, but there's also some sadder stories where, um, oh, the guy who, who played drums for, um, uh, Billy Joel, uh, my big takeaway from this movie is Billy Joel is a dick, but (laughs) that that was the original title. Yeah. And they're like, well, we want to include some other guys, (laughs) but, uh, But they were, uh, you know, but he, he was basically, uh, he kind of asked, I don't know, Liberty DeVito is the guy's name. But uh, he, at some point he was down on his luck with some things that happened. Uh, he was going to be losing some money in a divorce. And he just kind of asked Billy Joel, you know, hey, if there's anything, you know, like you could do to help. And I guess he was like, I wish you hadn't asked me that. And after that, it just like started being a dick to him and, you know, didn't invite him to his upcoming wedding. And then just one day someone else was asked to do drums on the album and then go on tour. And he was just out of the band without so much as a conversation. It was pretty awful. So some stories like that that are terrible, but then there's some other cool ones. It's uh, it's really interesting, though, to see like <laughs> you've got Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper both kind of saying the same thing. It's like. The pool of talent is pretty big, but when you take people who are more capable and are cool to hang out with and really professional and don't bring any baggage with them, each each of those steps as you say things, it gets to a smaller corral of people to choose from to be your lead guitarist or what have you. And some of these people just shred and they're awesome. And there they are right up there next to Alice Cooper playing all these great songs. Um and then there's, uh, you know, some people who are like, yeah, well, I couldn't really hang with doing that. So now I do voiceovers for commercials, hmm. you know, so you get all the different, the whole spectrum of stories. Uh, it's a, it's a great documentary. It's, I had a friend in Crucis who, uh, was, uh, I guess a hired gun, you would say here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played uh lead guitar on Kerosene Hat. Oh, damn. Really? Yeah. Cracker. Cracker. Uh-huh. Wow. So... I wonder what he's up to now. He was a great guy. Oh, man. But he played on a couple albums that I think that was probably the biggest, biggest one that I knew of. You know, as you're saying that, I realize I do, I I have met a, a hired gun. My friend Paul had a band that broke up and then they formed, you know, some of the members got some other people and formed a smaller band with a different sound. And the drummer they ended up with was a guy named Mike Shrigi, and I don't know how he spells his name, but he was like the touring drummer. He was a hired gun. He played like for Whitney Houston and people like that back in the day. So he was that good. Yeah, and then uh, I have a friend whose brother, uh, it's basically same thing, but country music. He's a champion fiddle player. Wow. So uh, <laughs> he's played on a bunch of country albums now. 
It's weird though, isn't it? Like sometimes, and you, and you do find this out, like, uh, like Rob Zombie even said, like there are albums where you think you're hearing, like for example, Ace Freely playing a lead on a song, and it turns out no, some dude that stepped in, some session yes. musician, the Wrecking Crew or something. Yeah, it's like the Wrecking Crew, only different. Which is another good documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, if you haven't seen Wrecking Crew uh, or Hired Gun, those are both really, really interesting to watch. That uh, everybody hates it now, but the single. Uh, Walking on the Sun by Smash Mouth yeah. is evidently not Smash Mouth. <laughs> it's, it's like Millie Vanilli. It is. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure it's the guy's vocals, but all the playing evidently is wow. is a hired group. Imagine being a one-hit wonder and you didn't even do that. Exactly. <laughs> and they still tour. Oh, my God. So. Damn. I don't know what the story is there, but uh, I don't know. They didn't want to do that as a single. And the studio said, well, tough. You're, yeah. you know, we're doing it. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I watched uh, something I thought I had watched before. You got, you got, brace yourselves. It's um, about Lee Harvey Oswald. And Bigfoot. <laughs> He's not in this one. Uh, this is. Um, Lee Harvey Bigfoot. It's Killing Oswald. This is from 2013. Uh, I'll just read the blurb real quick. Um Uh, Killing Oswald explores the mystery of how and why John F. Kennedy and Lee Harvey Oswald were assassinated in 1963, tracing Oswald's strange transformation from U.S. Marine radar operator in Japan monitoring U-2 spy planes over Russia to a 20-year-old Marxist defector decamping to Moscow and threatening to shame military, uh, I'm sorry, threatening to share (laughs) military secrets with the KGB to pro-Castro activist in New Orleans and self-proclaimed Patsy in Dallas and so on and so forth. A bunch of interviews with authors and other people. Very interesting documentary. Um, it, it really does point out that there is no real simple straight line on anything in, in this convoluted mess. It's like, sure, Oswald, lone, lone nutter who did crazy things and, Happened to be a lucky shot. He was a decent shot, but he had a, he got, and, and then you start finding out there's a bunch of crap here that's really, really weird. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, if he's just a, if he's just a radar operator, why did they send him to this other, you know, why was he uh, assigned to some other camp where you're taught foreign languages in a very rapid uh, technique? Like mm-hmm. all this stuff that, I don't know. And then uh, you you defect, but then they just let you right back in and give you some money to get started. A lot of stuff that just doesn't really make sense. So it explores a lot of that stuff. Um, and I rewatched office space, the 1999 comedy written and uh, directed by Mike judge. Uh, it just holds up. It really does. It's such a funny movie (laughs) and uh, yeah, the tech is old and all that stuff, but such a fun movie and I hadn't watched it in probably three years. So I thought, I'm going to put this on right now and shut my brain off and watch this thing I already know. Yeah, it's a good one. And Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Thanks, Will. So sorry. <laughs> so terribly sorry. Um, when, when's the last time you saw it? Uh, 1994, <laughs> when it came out. And, uh, and I wasn't 
thrilled with it then, mm. and I positively hate it now. You were sure you were wrong, so let's watch that one. No, I was pretty sure I was right, uh, but You're... I was willing to forego my rule of no more Frankensteins just to be a sort of paired theme show because this was supposed to be Francis Ford Coppola's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Kenneth Branagh took over yeah, and uh, chewed some scenery. Oh, boy. But he looked good shirtless, so maybe he felt like, <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Oh, good yeah, You've done three good movies. He had, and then fell on his face. Have you seen Dead Again? This is film noir. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah. Those those are the ones he'd done before. It's like Henry V, Much Ado About Nothing. I was going to say Henry V is dead again, so I can remember being <coughs> excited about this one. Exactly, and yeah, Henry V's excellent, and uh, and yet um, I watched this and I'm like, man, I don't think I like Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> he <laughs> right, seems I, a little full of himself. I've liked his films since then. Uh, uh, I can't think of what he's done. Oh, his, uh, Cinderella is great. Okay. Um, I, don't, I did not like Thor. I don't remember seeing his Hamlet in 96. Oh, that's good. That's a good, good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about The Magic Flute? I've not seen that. I've not seen The Magic Flute. Hmm, it's based on the Mozart. Jeez, um, uh, let's see. What else we got here? Thor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not like the I like first that one. Thor. Interesting. I, I love the destroyer. They nailed that. Yeah, he looks great. There's some great designs, but I found it. Um, I don't know. I know Marvel's perhaps a little too jokey now, but I found they were a little too self serious when they started. Um, something about it didn't. I didn't care for um, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> right, so there you go. <laughs> Pisky. He's terrible. <laughs> so, um, I think I saw this maybe within months of it coming out on home video, as it were at the time. Uh, bringing home that nice clunky VHS cartridge. Uh, and I remember thinking, okay, well, it's got De Niro. You know, De Niro's great. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, I. I was familiar that he was good. I don't think I saw his previous stuff. And, uh, you know, what could go wrong? Well, uh, if, I, if I were to try to put my finger on it now, because I could remember almost nothing of it other than the laboratory looked like it smelled. And uh, in the, you know, the 1931 Frankenstein, it didn't look like it stunk. Uh, but this looked like it was just going to smell like... Eels. Eels and and fluids and just awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, every every terrible. Goo. <laughs> just... I, like, I like how he, he rents this attic, and this woman's like, "Oh yeah, you can use this space for your experiments." You floods the entire thing with amniotic fluid and yeah. eels. Yeah, she doesn't knock on the door or anything. She must, she must have been killed I was by like, the plague. How my, how long did it take to mop all that crap yeah. up? My favorite part about the thing when he's renting it is he turns around and he's framed with this this uh, kind of pyramid shaped uh, roof line with a window, and he goes, "It'll be perfect." And all of a sudden, a dove goes flappity flappity yes, flappity, yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm like. 
John Woo, mm-hmm. <laughs> are you there? <laughs> oh, just, just stunning. Um, okay, so this starts out cold open, literally. Okay. Uh, it, well, this starts out with that that thing that always makes me uh, uh, dread. The whole rest of the movie. Come, it starts out with the unnecessary opening text. Uh, you could get rid of that, and it wouldn't yeah. make a difference. Right. We don't care and what it, year it is. Almost every case, you can get rid of opening text. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a ship. All they have to do is maybe a little exposition, you know, to just tell us where they are, what they're doing. Like, we'll never make it to the North Pole like this. You know, that's all yeah. they had to say. Captain's log, today's yeah. date, you know, yeah. we're 30 miles north of Archangel. Yeah, we've we've hit an iceberg. We're frozen. We're screwed. This is not working. Um, we're going to die a horrible death here. Oh, what's that sound? <laughs> and then, uh, for whatever reason, um, Doctor Frankenstein shows up, being chased by the monster. Uh huh. And he kills all the dogs. Uh huh. Weird opening. Which is uh... Aiden Quinn. Yeah, I didn't like the whole dog killing scene, not because dogs get killed, uh, but because they kept cutting to the dogs jumping and, mm-hmm. and showing them getting killed, where I thought it would be much more effective if you just heard those noises out in the, yes. out in the tundra. That would, that would require re- restraint. Yes, which this movie <laughs> is sadly lacking. It's lacking restraint. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is it guilty of just being too ambitious what i what i think is guilty of is not trusting in the material this feels like and uh, this is how i felt the first time i saw it kenneth branagh playing to the groundlings in <laughs> shakespeare uh there's all these jokes innuendos and things that are playing to the groundlings the people who are you know don't have seats they're standing directly in front of the stage mm-hmm. in, in the rain or whatever um so there's there's always dirty jokes and and things Playing to the groundlings, that's that's a phrase. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um when he does that, it's naff usually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you understand what naff means? Yeah. Um he's 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 mastered it in other films. He can do it in Shakespeare because he's on comf- you know, he knows that well. But in this film I think he, he got this big budget and he was afraid of this film not appealing to a mass audience so it's loud uh the music's always telling you how to feel it doesn't trust in the story to be compelling mm-hmm. uh it's got to be yelled yeah um, yeah so that's just how it feels to me from, uh, from the get-go i think he may have uh stretched himself a bit thin both directing and starring in it mm-hmm. um it made me feel like he's really, really into himself. Um, and yeah, I think you're. I think you nailed it. He's playing to the ground, Lane. He was into Helena Bonham Carter at the same time as well. Yes. Oh, were they a couple then? Uh, no. no. <laughs> he was married to Emma Thompson. Oh. And then he, she was supposed to be in this film, but she took something else up. I don't remember. Hmm. And uh, yeah, Helena Bonham. Carter kind of came in and he decided he fell in love with her. Mm. Wow. I mean, I get it, but still, dude, restraint. 
Oh, wait. <laughs> That's the thing he lacks. Not this. No restraint. Um, I was wondering, watching this, uh, just having read the book, uh, I think 2016 for the 200. You lent me your copy, mm. your annotated copy. Um, and in the book, they Mary Shelley doesn't describe how the monster's made. Mm -hmm. No, she describes how he looks, but not how yeah, exactly how so, he's made. Uh, I just find it interesting that all these movies focus so heavily on making us see exactly how they create this creature. Oh, yes. Stitching uh, them together. The eels. I thought the whole thing was, this whole movie was rather silly. Yes. <laughs> you don't say. Uh, and not in a good way. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. No horror in a horror story. Not, uh, not there, much to speak of. There's glimpses of it. There's glimpses at the beginning where you're like, ooh, this dude's a sicko. Yeah. Uh, the naked slime wrestling uh, scene was kind of horror. Yeah. I thought if you put in like wacky sacks or some sort of <laughs> sound effects, it would have been hilarious. They used every take on that scene, didn't they? <laughs> they would not stop. It was just like, okay, yeah, they're falling down. Oh, they fell down again. Oh, they're slipping, they're sliding, they're wrestling. <laughs> oh my I God. I think there was two minutes of a horror movie in this a good horror movie in this okay right at the end when uh, the bride wakes up and they're pulling on her and you think they're gonna tear her apart at the stitches and then she takes over and and immolates herself oh yeah and uh it was it was interesting <clears throat> she was like the result of these taboos being bust like yeah death and incest and uh it, there's there's two minutes of a good horror movie right at the end mm-hmm Although the, I, I remember when I first watched this, the thing that stood out for me most, and again, uh, rewatching it bothered me was uh, how quickly the uh, Frankenstein home goes up in mm -hmm. flames. It's like, what is that place made out of? <laughs> I also didn't understand why he cut her head off, or her hand, and put stitched it back on. I didn't understand why she was. When he was cobbling together way. her and Justine. Yeah. But I didn't understand quite why. What was... She'd been, like, defaced in, in the fire when she fell off the bed. Oh, okay. I have to I have to admit that I only watched 90 minutes of this film. And the rest, <laughs> okay. the 30 minutes of it, I cut out with fast-forwarding because uh, I, I couldn't handle it. Don't blame me. Now, I have to throw this out there. <clears throat> um... This uh, the screenplay was written by Frank Darabont. Now, to give you some credits of you know Frank Darabont's writing, Frankenstein Darabont, and, and and or directing, so we get some stuff where you maybe maybe feel one way or another about it, like A Nightmare on Elm Street Three, Dream Warriors. He was the writer, not the director or the producer. Uh, the nineteen eighty eight remake of The Blob, he wrote that. The Fly Two, he wrote that. Mm. The I same, wouldn't put that on any resume. <laughs> the same year as, as Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, he wrote and directed the Shawshank Redemption. Mm -hmm. What went wrong? He said, he has said, 
this is the best screenplay I've ever written and the worst movie I've ever seen. I was going to give Ooh. you that quote, Sorry. but yes, uh, thank you for Ow. that because that that is. What does does he does he say anything further? The next thing he does is the Green Mile. Good movie. Mm. You know, this has got some when it deviates from the novel, especially there's some interesting ideas like making the captain of the ship a, a parallel of Dr. Frankenstein with his hubris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the uh, motivation of the death of Frankenstein's mother prompting him to to beat death. Um, I, I don't know. I, I have to say I thought that was a little mixed on the message. Because he seems to be uh, wanting to cheat death to wanting to create life. And those aren't quite the same things. So I felt like um, I felt like there was a disconnect there. And I also felt like uh, his uh, it made his hubris perhaps more understandable. But less interesting in a way because he's trying to save his mom who died whereas in the book i felt it was just he was driven by this thirst for knowledge Mm -hmm. and science and wanting to be an innovator uh, yeah god almost yeah uh you know making i didn't get the feeling that he was trying to cheat death as much as he was trying to make life himself which Mm -hmm. is he wanted to unlock the secrets. A little creepier, maybe. Yeah, he he wanted to unlock the secrets, but but the but the drive to do that definitely seemed. Uh, you get into the whole thing of like, are they just trying to cut out women? <laughs> maybe is he trying to make a man because he what what is going on here? What does the subtext of this say? Yeah. Um, the, the other, the other part of the Darabont thing, which, uh, yeah, that quote, that quote is, is, is really spot on, but, uh, but he does go on to say in an interview, um, that it's like a, it's like a weird doppelganger effect when he watches the movie, because it's kind of like the movie he wrote, but it's not. Mm -hmm. And what he says is it has no patience for subtlety. It has no patience for quiet moments. It has no no patience. Period. It's big and loud and blunt and rephrased by the director at every possible term. Uh, and he goes on to say, "I don't know why Brana needed to make this big loud film. The material was subtle, so we can't blame Darabont for this." Uh, so we're looking at you, Kenneth. <laughs> I think he looked at. Uh, I think he looked at Dracula. Possibly. I mean, again, this was supposed to be Coppola's Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, I think he looked at that and he saw it as, you know, bombastic, uh, and missed the, missed the point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I also think De Niro's pretty bad in this. I don't remember disliking his performance as much, uh, but rewatching that this time he just... He's Robert De Niro. Uh, we talked about Colin uh, Farrell yeah. disappearing into the penguin. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is like the exact opposite. It's just, it's, to me at least, it was watching Robert De Niro stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Should they have picked somebody lesser known or unknown? I mean, 
do you pick a great actor and this is what happens anyway under this direction or given this material? Yeah, I, yeah someone who is more physically imposing, definitely. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't feel like a threat. Yeah. It's like when Clancy Brown played the monster in The Bride, which was another movie that didn't really work. Um, but uh, Clancy Brown at least is a big dude. You know, you want that. You don't have to put him next to a little person to make him appear big. Uh, Not that it would have worked any better, but uh, evidently Tim Burton wanted to direct this with Schwarzenegger as the monster. (laughs) That would have been weird. I don't know how that would have worked. Um, Now I can't stand Tim Burton, but at the time he was kind of on top of his game. Yeah. It would have maybe been interesting. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, to see what, whatever it is Frank Darabont actually wrote turned into, into what he was imagining, that would have been interesting, you know, cause this guy could make some good stuff. Uh, who could have directed this? Who else at the time that you could think of that maybe would have nailed it? Well, if Coppola had done it. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it would have been like the next... Then they would have given him the mummy. Mm-hmm. That would have yeah. been the next... Yeah, that could have been cool. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. You, okay, you got that. You got this. All right, because... But whose mummy book does he put up there? Because he has to put the title, or the author's name, yes. in front of the title. So whose mummy book? Can uh, you name any mummy books? I can't. Uh, Jolien, you probably know some mummy books? No? no? There aren't any? <laughs> Good night, mummy. <laughs> mummy, dearest. Yes. Frank Darabont's uh, the, the mummy. The mummy would have been a problem because uh, it's basically the same plot as Dracula. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, when you look at Karloff as the mummy, that's the same story, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> it's a story as old as time. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else like would have been a contemporary then who would have maybe knocked it out of the park. But yeah, Clive Barker. Would... Well, well, Darabont could direct. They could have just let him do it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think we're all overlooking the most obvious choice of David Cronenberg. Yeah, oh, they kept man. offering him Frankenstein. I know. They? But yeah. He ended up doing The Fly because something fell through. Well, he he, he couldn't see how you could do it. Frankenstein hadn't been done before, I think. Probably, yeah, because that's that's why I came up with the rule to no more Frankenstein's because it's just it's two hundred years old. It's just it doesn't seem like there's any fresh ideas to it. Yeah, it's like what are you going to show us that we haven't already seen? I'm sure there's well, there's Frankenhooker, but that you know, aside from that, there's no fresh takes on Frank and Weenie. Well, okay, there was that. That was Burton, by the way. Frankenhooker also sticks his girlfriend's head on a body. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, rather than just reanimating her dead body. Was the rest of the body ruined in some way? The new body was hotter. Okay. <laughs> That's probably what happened. Uh, like, uh, what's that? The brain that wouldn't die? Yeah. Yes. Jan in the pan. That was, <laughs> was so weird. Can you guys believe this made money? Eventually. I didn't know it was eventual, but I do see that the budget was forty-five million, and that it made one hundred and twelve at the box office. Wow, that's weird. I remember it being 
real hyped, just like Dracula. Yeah, they both had pinball games. And oh, damn. Oh, really? yeah, that's right. Dracula one wasn't too bad. I don't know that I ever played the Frankenstein one or even saw it, but. I used to play a haunted house one that I remember being the first one that had a second tier to the pinball machine mm-hmm. and all kinds of cool little, you know, rails that it would shoot it around and surprise you where it came out. I always liked the Adams family one. Oh, that one was cool. No, I didn't care for the movie. Yeah. I thought the pinball game was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Positively ancient. I used to play pinball. Yeah. Like actual pinball, not some virtual pinball? Yeah, actual pinball, where you had to put your quarter on the case to save your turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does the movie get right, uh, if anything? Uh, uh, shooting on location in Switzerland. That, yeah, some beautiful sweeping vistas. Yes, yes, we got that. Um, well, I'm out. Uh, sets look pretty good right they look dirty although i didn't think de niro disappeared into his role i thought they did a pretty good job of portraying the monster as a sort of sympathetic yeah i like the progression of the makeup with this healing yeah 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 you see him pick a stitch out at one point he actually yeah. pulls one out. I remember being disappointed that the monster was so ordinary looking. Just looked like a skinhead who'd gone through a screen or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and why couldn't they, if we're stitching together a dude, why all this, I don't understand why it wasn't just either one guy who gets reanimated or if it had to be this particular guy, why not just sew a leg onto him and call it good? What was with all the stitches on the head and face? I didn't understand what happened there. I saw him draw some lines on the face and all of a sudden it's got a bunch of damn stitches. Yeah. Why? I didn't, yeah. And are the electric eels really better than lightning? They're goofier. <laughs> they were definitely goofy. Uh, I like he throws when he... that meat in there and they start <laughs> just gonna say that. zapping it. Is that how they work? Yes, they electrocute the meat. <laughs> To, to cook it and then they eat it's it. So stupid. Like, uh, I, I don't imagine there's many surgeries where they take the patient and uh, convey them across the room by slamming them against <laughs> various <laughs> metal objects in the ceiling. That's true. Dr- dumping them into a tank of electric eels. I felt like he was cooked like a hot dog. Hot water, you know. So what you're saying electrical is current. There's a lack of subtlety. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> a little bit. And then if you if you didn't get enough of that that uh, little body transport that he had, he showed it again at the end when the yeah. when the uh, what's her name when he Elizabeth does his died. Sisters. Yeah, his sister wife. Sister. When they hanged her, do you think they got enough vertical drop? To properly break her neck. Yeah, the rest of her body would hit the ground. I was pretty sure the head was coming off. What the hell? <laughs> uh, so what I'm saying is there was a lack of subtlety. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Uh, I wanted Aiden Quinn and uh, Dr. Frankenstein, whatever Aiden Quinn's character's name was. Uh, I wanted them to get into like a full-on like fist fight. You know, just really go at it. That, that would have been... I thought that 
ice scene looked terrible. Yeah. And especially when they were down in the ice cave Mm -hmm. and the big carved foam block behind Kenneth Branagh just looked awful. Yeah, it looked like... It looked like grade schoolers had made it. It looked like styrofoam, the whole thing. Uh Uh-huh. Did not look like they were cold in the least. (laughs) I mean, I okay, you you can't have the breath and you animate that now, but... Back then, whatever, I don't care about that. But they just didn't even feel cold. No. There's so much wrong in this movie that Uh, it made Dracula look, I'll bump it up to an A. (laughs) (laughs) Grading on a curve. From uh, Winter Beast to Dracula. Winter Beast to Dracula. So whose talents were wasted uh, on being in this movie? I mean... Everybody. (laughs) Except... You got Ian Holm in here. Yeah, Richard Briers. He's really good as the hermit. Yeah, not the hermit. The uh, the blind. Yeah. farmer. There's some good people in this. Yeah, yeah. John Cleese is in this. Yeah, uh, I don't know why. I mean, I, he did a fine job, but uh, he's, in my <clears> opinion, <throat> more suited to comedy. But uh, but he had a presence, and uh, you know, he he delivered. But yeah, uh, I Can felt they have named him Doctor Polidori. <laughs> Sure. Just you know, yeah. Just cause. And they could have they could have worked the name Baggins into Ian Holmes' character somehow. <laughs> you know, bring my Baggins up to my room or something. I don't know. But uh, Helena Bottom Carter, mm-hmm. um, she's a fine actor. I I I felt Is like she. Well, <laughs> she does the she does the same thing really well a lot. She's an attractive actress, I'll say that, but I'm like not her. very. She's okay, but I don't think she's. I've seen her in a couple of special. Well, she's done nothing but Tim Burton movies after this, right? Yeah, but she was the highlight in that uh, Oz one. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of. Uh, oh, what was the um, the one? The one yeah, she not, was... not Oz, Alice in Wonderland. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, the one she was in with Johnny Depp. Um, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the uh, the twisty gnarled trees and the white face makeup. Yes. And the stripy. I liked leggings. her. In, yes. In Fight Club. Oh yeah, yeah. She was good in that. She's good in Fight Club. I'll give her that. Yeah. I mean, she can she can do stuff, but but I found her in this. She felt. I don't know. Sort of out of place. I don't think it was her acting though. I think it was. The way the character was written seemed, I don't know, like, too, like she was some sort of, I mean, yeah, she was an orphan, but she grew up in that family, but she felt like they were still trying to write her as some sort of, I don't know, slightly cockney streetwalker or something that right. didn't quite fit with her upbringing, I thought. But they bump up the women's roles in the story. They do. Like, so in the Mary Shelley story, that the women are a sideline, and, that, and there's a point to that because it's uh, men creating life without mm-hmm. women. Yeah. And uh, uh, and this one, they kind of they bump up her role. She's not just the victim on the wedding night. Yeah. And the, the you know you introduce uh, Frankenstein's mother. Um, but uh, yeah. Not to not to interesting effect. Mm-hmm. No. Apart from making her a kind of sister and then 
stitching her together with his actual sister <laughs> at the end, which I thought, which was like taboo breaking enough for it to be interesting. Yeah. 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 At least it was interesting. The idea. That bit. Yeah. Um, d- does the creature, why is he so driven for revenge? Don't know. That's another weakness. Yeah. Uh, I'm, we, yeah. Cause it seems pretty slight. Yeah. He, yeah. he brings him to life gets him strung up and then realizes what he's done and walks out. Yeah. And so as far as the monster's concerned, he's just been born. Yeah. He just wakes up and finds himself in this cholera ridden city and covered in goo. Yeah. Covered in eel goo. So he wouldn't know that he's been abandoned. No. He's he's got this journal to go from eventually. Yeah, and he's behaving like that angry jock from Revenge of the Nerds, you know? <laughs> yeah. And there's no, yeah, there's no real motivation I could find for the creature to be that upset and chase all the way to the North Pole mm-hmm. and kill a bunch of dogs for no good reason. And he's become refined to some extent, you know, watching that family and learning how to speak and read and everything else. It's like, well then you should just know you don't kill dogs. Uh, your your anger is maybe a little misplaced and uh, you should probably just find some farm where you could go work. And well, be... he makes some, he does make some comment about you gave me these emotions, but you didn't tell me how to use them. Oh, okay. I don't know that that's enough. Yeah, it doesn't really justify the... infanticide. <laughs> no, no, yeah. certainly not. Yeah, the wholesale murder that he, you know, inflicts, it it, it doesn't really seem called for. But perhaps he was born evil? That could be. Happens all the time. Um, He is also an abomination, so. Yeah. Maybe they should have given us a backstory. You know, who should take this material on? (laughs) (laughs) Who could really give a backstory? Rob Zombie? (laughs) Yes, Rob Zombie's. Danzig? Ooh, yeah. Danzig's Frankenstein. Um, I got to say that uh, a young woman at work watched Veronica against my warnings (laughs) slash recommendations (laughs) and could not believe it (laughs) and isn't even through the movie yet. Oh. Like had to pause at at the end of the first story. uh, With the Spider-Man? Yeah. The French Spider-Man? Yeah, the, and the crotchless Spider-Man. Oh, yes, God. the rubbery <laughs> nubbins. <laughs> and I asked, "Did you notice the, uh, the the movie theater scene where the the flickering picture?" And she said, "Yeah." And I said, "Did you notice that the fan with the <laughs> light behind it was in the shot?" <laughs> I mean, it really does make this look like Shakespeare. Oh my God! But. Uh, Maybe yeah. that's uh that's you know kind of like the Dracula movie a bunch of practical effects but he wanted you to know oh, that it were. was a practical effect. <laughs> or kind of like a pen and teller would kind of show you how the magic trick would work but still pull it off. Yeah. So perhaps that's what Danzig's doing or perhaps he's just an apt. There there are nuances here that we're that are <laughs> nuance. <laughs> That's what I think of when I hear Veronica. Nuance. <laughs> He's not afraid to just let the camera roll and let the 
the actors, you know. Wander around with bloody scenes for no reason. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the whole last 40 minutes of the movie. Mm. The whole mirror sequence. Oh, my God. The whole thing. The whole (laughs) thing. It's all Mm. bad. It's amazing. Um, (laughs) Death Rider in the House of Vampires? Can't wait. I just can't wait. We got to find a copy of it. Well, I don't think it's been released. Somebody please leak the movie digitally somehow. I will pay. Uh, I'll be, they I'll... find out you could be arrested for war crimes. So <laughs> don't. <laughs> uh, um, will you guys be surprised to know this movie didn't win any awards? No. It was nominated for... Goo. <laughs> best use of goo in a film. <laughs> uh, best makeup. Um, nominated. Did not win. Uh, that Academy Awards, um, British Academy Film Awards, Best Production Design, uh, nominated, didn't win. Uh, the Saturn Awards, which seem like they're easier to win than other awards somehow, um, was nominated for Best Horror th- Slash Thriller Film, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Makeup, Best Music, Best Supporting Actor, that would be De Niro, Best Writing, uh, nominated for all of those, won none of them. Um, Best horror movie? Best horror? And was De Niro really a supporting actor? No, I think he was a side character. Because he was Bill Top, so... Yeah, but he's not the star. Brana obviously is meant to be the star, but... Um, yeah, I would say Helena Bonham Carter was maybe the supporting actor, but... Back then it was actor or actress. So there, there weren't like, there wasn't room to um, consider one for the other as well. But man, um, uh, it got third worst movie of the year from uh, Peter Travers from Rolling Stone and ninth worst of the year from Janet Maslin from the New York Times. Wow. Those are two lists. I wonder what the yeah, worst what of the, the year was. Two, uh... I would really wonder. <laughs> um, there was a video game and a pinball game, as you know. Um, I don't know what else to say about this, except uh, we gave it a second shot. We considered it as fairly as one can. And yeah, Frank Darabont summed it up saying that it had no subtlety. It was too loud. It was, uh, and like I said earlier, it was over ambitious for the material that it, it, sh- it should have kind of reined it in a little bit, but no, let's blow everything up real big and make it real loud. Reminds me a bit of, uh, <clears throat> we talked about Tim Burton making, but his uh, <coughs> Sleepy Hollow movie when the, mm. the carriage at the end explodes and then the windmill <laughs> explodes and everything's exploding. Yeah. What are these things made out of? Uh, C4? I guess. <laughs> It also reminded me of the uh, Doctor Who's of the last 20 years, <laughs> where it's all this bombastic music and rushing to the big punchline in every scene and and just not le- le- not letting the story develop and not trusting the material. Yeah. But that's probably the best thing I think any anyone has said about it is what you just said, not trusting the material. Mm-hmm, yeah. They... I think you put it really well. Because the material is strong. Yeah. 
There's, it's not lacking anything. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Dracula is probably a weaker novel, mm-hmm. but a better movie yeah. is at least as far as this, these two, this week and last week's. Uh, Frankenstein's a much better novel, but terrible movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it just seems like if you go completely off the reservation with it as you know the 1931 Frankenstein and just make up your own stuff, turn out better. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you're not going to really capture Mary Shelley's stuff. So just go nuts. (laughs) The monster could look however you want it to look. He could do stuff he doesn't do in the book. Doesn't matter. Uh, It's sort of modern times, but it's also sort of Bavaria of a hundred years ago. Go. Yeah. (laughs) And you get, you get a great classic. This not so great, not so classic. And yet somehow made money. I'm still puzzling over that as I look at the page, but um, anything else about the movie that we failed to mention? Anything we missed? Is cholera that big of a deal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> is it upstaging what else is supposed to be happening in this? Uh, I don't know, but I think cholera fits disease fits with a vampire movie better than a Frankenstein. Yeah, because we had plague stuff in Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I feel like throw that into the mix. Why? I don't know. Was that in the was that in the novel? I don't. I don't remember it. Think so. I do not remember in it. Dracula. No, in no, Frankenstein. In Frankenstein. No. Yeah, I don't remember any. Yeah. So why do we got to toss that into the mix? Yeah. Just doesn't. Ready supply of bodies, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. I wouldn't go touching a cholera-ridden body. No, no, not at all. Seems like a terrible idea. That's how it spreads. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I thought that was hilarious. That the the you know uh, Frankenstein's monster is revealed in the in the streets, and some lady's like, "That's the plague carrier. Get him!" Yeah. Like, no, why would you want? Wouldn't you want to get away from him? <laughs> Grab him! No, that's how you get cholera. Get the. <laughs> Get away from him. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of, that, that reminds me of, uh, like, there are two things you can get, that you can do to get people to get the hell away from you. Get naked or vomit or, or both. Get naked and then vomit. Uh, people get the hell away from a naked person who's running around. Vomiting? Doing or saying anything. Doesn't matter what you're doing or saying, but if you're in a situation where you shouldn't be naked and you're naked. People get the hell away from you. And of course, vomit. I've been at uh, heavy metal concerts where I just watched the crowd open up <laughs> in a very crowded concert. Yeah, I, there was a, I forget the photographer's name, but there's a book of photographs in the New York subway. And mm-hmm. he was just taking pictures of characters at late, late at night. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and there was this woman who, t- in order to get a carriage for herself, she just dropped trowel and vomit. <laughs> So she did both. <laughs> yeah, I heard somebody's advice. If you were in a fight, just strip. Because they weren't going to fight you. <laughs> no one wants to fight a naked person. Yeah. Yeah, covered in amniotic fluid. Covered in, yeah. It's yeah. wacky. <laughs> it's going to be wacky. It's really wacky. And also, does someone need to make an electric eel horror movie? Has it been done? Well, the uh, oh. new Electro is... Created by... He was created with the Electric Eels. Oh, okay. 
But yeah, I think there needs to be an electric eel movie. Unagi. Shocked. <laughs> yeah, Unagi the Shockening. The Shockening, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm for it, man. Um, anything else about it before we no. do the recommends? Avoid this movie. <clears throat> so that's your official recommend? Yeah, no recommend on this one. Okay. <clears throat> Skip. <laughs> Okay, Julian. If you do watch it, keep the fast forward button handy. Okay, fair enough. And uh, so let them know not what to do <laughs> and what not to do. Yeah, which I think Kenneth Branagh learned from doing this movie. I hope so. Um, and like you said before, trust the material. Uh, yeah, hard pass. Uh, I was kind of expecting to I vaguely remembered some stuff I didn't like about it but I thought yeah maybe I was a less mature movie watcher back then nope uh, I was right <laughs> well I was kind of hoping it'd be a bit like Dracula you know I'm I didn't think the Dracula movie was fantastic it still has problems but I enjoyed it a lot more rewatching it yeah than uh the initial watch yeah you know 500 years ago when it came out mm-hmm. uh this was kind of you know i had had that hope was like well maybe rewatching it it'll it'll stand up maybe it'll be a little more i don't know i'll get what they were going for but no mm-hmm. uh, what they were going for was not good right yeah well that being said um we'll call it a show and uh I really hope the listeners can find the Frankenstein that works for them. No more Frankensteins. Hey, we don't have to. I kind of feel like maybe we'll uh, revisit the, the first thing we ever did for the podcast, which was um, Bride of Frankenstein. Maybe we revisit that uh, ourselves. But aside from that, yeah, I think I think we've uh, we've seen a lot of Frankensteins. We've seen too many Frankensteins, too many Draculas, not enough mummies. Mm. And there's a definite werewolf shortage. There's a super werewolf shortage, which I wanted to say I like the werewolf in Dracula quite a lot. And I think somebody should adapt that sort of look again. Well, the, the third mon- classic monster movie of the early 90s is Wolf. Oh, that's right. Jack Nicholson. That's true. That is <clears throat> true. Um, yeah, maybe at some point we should revisit Wolf. Uh, and sometime in June, I will get my um, my prepaid copy of Dog Soldiers. Oh yeah, yeah. So they they found uh, the uh, the working negative. Oh really? Which was supposedly lost to time, mm-hmm. and was not going to ever happen. And poof, it appeared. Uh, I'd love to hear the story behind like where they found it and what up with that. But it's in a barn in Pennsylvania, probably. <laughs> It's where they found Dracula's manuscript, but they don't know how it got there. Right. Turned up in a barn. I mean, Man, weird things. Some weird stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll be covering a good werewolf movie this summer. All right, listeners, thank you for listening. I don't have one this week. That's okay. <laughs>